You tried really hard. Yeah, I did, which is kind of weird because you were yawning up a storm before we got on. Oh, there we go. Got her. Got her. I bored her with my talking. Hashtag yawn gang, guys. So on this early Tuesday morning, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of destruction. Are you ready to hear about how fucked Israel is? Can't wait. Yeah. I mean, is it Israel or is it like? everywhere i mean israel just the middle east i mean uh, everywhere i mean it's really kind of hard to tell they're kind of, they're a little ambiguous about things i mean not really not what here. no okay well let's see what they say okay. all right so now we're going to be going back to isaiah talking about the devastation of just basically fucking everything um at least everything to them uh all of the people of the world will will literally just be copies of each other and everyone is going to be fucking their own kin and all will be indiscriminately dis- destroyed because of those reasons. Apparently incest is now bad to God. I don't know how that happened. Oh boy. We're already fucked up. <laughs> Earth has been fucked up by people. And that's actually in the Bible. That's not just me making a general statement about, 2020 um you're gonna have a hard time differentiating 2020 from what the bible's talking about right now i understand religious people being confused about it not knowing that these are just made up fucking things um earth's inhabitants are all going to be burned up in the holy shit fire that god expels when he eats from taco bell late one night uh, God attempts to put out the shit fire by pouring water on it and stomping it out, but it just causes a bunch of earthquakes and, I guess, flooding. It's like a grease fire. Yeah, it just made it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah then prays for salvation. Izzy goes ahead and calls God's uncontrolled destruction of everything marvelous. Don't know how that works. Uh, God then destroys all of the people's cities and houses and tells them that they can just crash at his place, which is kind of fucked up. Uh, I, I, God, mean, I guess it's better than leaving them out there in the cold uh, or I the guess. hot. I mean, because it's, you know, I guess, but how fucked up is it? It's like somebody firebombs your house and it's like, hey, man, you can come stay with me. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Nowhere else to go now, I guess. <laughs> uh, God is then going to eat death in front of all the richest fucks on a mountain for some reason. Um, then uh, the Israelites succumb to Stockholm syndrome and love God again after he firebombed their houses and businesses and businesses and all that kind of stuff and everything. The and whole every- earth. The whole earth. Burned up all uh, the people. Then Judah is designated uh, as God's holy land, and only the bestest of dick suckers can be there. Oh, boy. Then the Israelites go face down, ass up for God, while shit-talking those that don't go prone. And then they reconfirm henotheism, which if you guys didn't know, Judaism is not monotheistic. It's actually henotheistic. Then all the Israelites farted in unison as a trumpet call for God. (laughs) Isaiah then predicts a zombie apocalypse, I'm guessing because of the unison fart trumpet that caused everybody to die all at once and then resurrect. (laughs) They had some powerful bacteria in that ass cloud. That's not what happened. 
Then Isaiah tells all the Israelites to hide in the closet till God passes out from his drunken rage. Probably from all the parties he's been having with all them rich fucks up on the mountain doing weird shit like eating death. Then God puts up a sign saying no wicked allowed on heaven's gate. It's kind of like one of those no women's kind of things on the tree houses. Uh, God then throws a party for all the saved ones, and he's going to give everyone a crown and a mansion in heaven. For the fun of it, I guess. Whatever. Anyways, that's it for today. I think there's some Jesus talk, too. Everybody's fucked. That's what you... If if I had to summarize Isaiah, what the fuck, chapters 30, uh, uh, 24 through 26, 32 and 35, just, you're fucked. Mass genocide with Yahweh! We're going to need to go over a few things. What? Mm-hmm. What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? <laughs> so, apparently, I didn't get everything exactly correct. Uh, God is pissed off by incest, though. I don't know when that changes, but he does eventually get pissed off by fucking your kin. Does he? I mean, I think. Uh, I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, not today. I mean, all the Christians tell me that's bad. Not that I need to be told not to fuck my sister. I'm just saying. This conversation went in a really weird direction. <laughs> I really hope your sisters don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, so... Last time we had some story doesn't really have anything to like doesn't connect to this at all because we're continuing in Isaiah. We've got 24, 25, 26 and 32 and 35. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We talk a lot about um, they hint a lot toward a a resurrection. Yeah. Being a thing here. And uh, we get we get a little bit of um, a little bit of Jesus-y kind of stuff in here. Jesus today in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but we definitely do have mass genocide with Yahweh. That is a thing. So, you, you know, I feel like that, that little bit that I just did needed some of them air horns around it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Are you guys ready to start? You ready? I'm ready to start. Let's okay. start, honey. Okay. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. So we're off to a really good start. Yep. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for priests as for people, for master as for servant, for mistress as for maid, for seller as for buyer. For borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. Oh, wow. Well, you know, when the Lord says it, you know, that's definitely means that it's going to happen. Yeah. Because everything has happened so far in the Bible with, you know, minus like all of it. (laughs) Okay. The earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and withers. The exalted of the earth languish. (laughs) (laughs) He likes to use a lot of the same words. Yeah. Yeah. The earth. You you know who also likes to use all of the same words? 
I do. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. This book is the very bestest book. It should be reddited in all of the schoolalooloos. I will be the greatest president that God ever created. There you have it. Does God create presidents? Apparently. It must have come from the smallest of the sperm. <laughs> The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear the guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up, and very few are left. So, you know, this is your mass genocide part, right? He's going to kill pretty much everybody, except... The remnant we've talked about in the in previous episodes, not recently, but there's always going to be this remnant, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The new wine dries up and the vines wither. All the merrymakers groan. The gaiety of the tambourines is stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. No longer do they drink wine with a song. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred. In the streets, they cry out for wine. All the <laughs> so they're a bunch of winos. Yes, they are. They're the a bunch streets, of winos. In the streets, they're crying for wine. You know, I kind of remember a little while back when, like, Shannon didn't have any alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shannon. I love you. Well, I can just imagine these people, like, out there in the middle of the road crying with, like, an empty cardboard box. Like, oh, no wine. Where is the wine? But why is the wine gone? <laughs> 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 this uh let's see where are we fuck they really need jesus at this point i mean he could just you know like that and produce like a whole river know, of fucking right? wine all joy turns to gloom all gaiety is banished from the earth the city is left in ruins its gate battered to pieces so it will be on earth and among the nations as when an olive tree is beaten or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest they raise their voices they shout for joy from the west they acclaim the lord's majesty therefore in the east give glory to the lord exalt the name of the lord the god of israel in the islands of the sea from the ends of the earth we hear singing glory to the righteous one oh yes the ends of the earth know about fucking yahweh i'm sure i'm sure the aztecs saw yahweh i was like you know what nope we like this guy over here (laughs) but i said I waste away, I waste away, woe to me, the treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. (laughs) (laughs) Use a thesaurus, (laughs) goddammit. Terror and pit and snare await you, O people of the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of the pit will be caught in a snare. The floodgates of the heavens are opened. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. The earth is split asunder. The earth is thoroughly shaken. The earth reels like a drunkard. Kind of like the dude writing this. (laughs) I agree. The dude writing this is definitely drunk because he gets stuck on one word and he keeps repeating it. And it's like, you sure you want to do that? Are you giving me lip boy? I'm not sure if he's if he's drunk while writing or needs the wine. Why is the wine gone? (laughs) It's like I'm sobering up and I can only think of one fucking word. (laughs) 
The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy upon it is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls never to rise again. Mm. In that day, the Lord will punish the powers in the heavens above and the kings on the earth below. They will be herded together like prisoners bound in a dungeon. They will be shut up in prison and punished after many days. The moon will be abashed, the sun ashamed, for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before its elders gloriously. This doesn't really sound glorious. No, I mean, I don't know what definition of glorious they're using, but I can guarantee you it's fucked up. Yeah, well, we got another fucked up thing coming up. You ready? Yeah. Oh, Lord. We're starting Isaiah 25 for anybody following along. Oh, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness. You have done marvelous things. <sighs> you ready to hear about these marvelous things? I'm going to guess it's something about shit fire and like destroying shit because apparently that's marvelous to these guys. Sure. Uh, so marvelous things, things planned long ago. You have made the city a heap of rubble. Yeah. That doesn't sound very marvelous. That sounds kind of shitty. The fortified town, a ruin. The foreigner stronghold, a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Okay. Why is it marvelous to be an asshole? I don't know. Therefore, oh, here's why. Here's why. Therefore, strong peoples will honor you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. So it's good to be an asshole because then people will be scared of you and they won't fuck with you. So let me get this straight. If you imagine like a schoolyard or something like that, mm -hmm. and you see the biggest bullies across the schoolyard, mm -hmm. this is basically walking up and punching the paraplegic kid in glasses. Yes. And then, you know, looking at the bullies being like, look, I will fuck your shit up. I don't care if you're in a wheelchair or not. <laughs> well, no, not looking at the bullies, people worshiping the bullies because they did that. Oh, okay. That's what this is like. This is this is the people worshiping the bully who mm. destroys everything and beats other people up. Oh, okay. So that he won't beat you up. Okay. Well, I thought the the other ruthless nations the are other, the ones that are looking at God and scared of him. Yeah, right, they're and scared of him. Yeah, they're scared of him so that he won't beat them up. The other ruthless nations. So the the minor bullies. Mm -hmm. They worship the bigger bully mm -hmm. so that he won't bully them. Well, I get that God is the bully in my analogy here, mm -hmm. uh, but I was just saying like you got these other two bullies over here and it's like you, you punch the paraplegic kid and uh, then they're all afraid of you, the bigger bully. Yeah. Yeah. They're all okay. afraid of him. So they won't fuck like they'll worship him or re they'll revere him they'll think he's special and wonderful because he fucked everybody up right yeah. so my, my analogy was good okay you have been a refuge for the poor a refuge for the needy in his distress a shelter from the storm a shade from the heat which is interesting because he destroyed all of their cities and everywhere they lived and most of the people that they know so yeah again like i said before this is like firebombing your friend's house and then being like come stay with me yeah come on you i'll give i order here. pizza <laughs> pizza and beer on me yeah um okay for the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall and like the heat of the desert you silence the uproar of foreigners as heat is reduced by the shadow of a cloud so the strong of the ruthless is stilled 
On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. Yeah. So, I mean, I get like this is if you really think about what it's talking about here, uh, because this is one of the verses that's listed in the prophecies of Jesus. But I mean, if you really think if you try to visualize this particular thing um, where, you know, God is the sovereign Lord uh, is on top of a mountain Mm -hmm. and he's going to remove and consume death. Mm-hmm. and wipe away the tears and abolish the disgrace of his people and everything like that. That is an obvious reference to Jesus mm-hmm. because, I mean, that's exactly what happened to Jesus. He was put up on a cross on a mountain in the New Testament, not in history. Um, he was he was put on a cross and he defeats death through his resurrection. Through resurrection, right? And uh, he, at, when he dies on the cross, he absolves the sins of everybody that believes in him. Or mm-hmm. well, his resurrection seals that, like by defeating death. But I mean, you get what I mean. It's the the, the visuals of this particular passage is so clearly obvious that uh, the New Testament writers took it and and used it to paint the visuals in the Gospels. I agree. I agree that they they are definitely they are definitely tied. If you've if you have studied or read the Old Testament, um, and like at that time, like back in this time, and you were writing the New Testament, or you were trying to, you were trying to tie a person or an, a Messiah idea to the old testament the septuagint the scriptures that the jewish people were reading you would certainly have to make the messiah figure that you want them to believe in match what they think it should be Mm -hmm. right so this is where this this is a really big hit on resurrection right here Okay. The, you ready? Mm-hmm. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, and they is um, the remnant, right? Mm-hmm. Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Okay. Uh, after he destroyed all their shit and most people they know. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> in that day. This song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation, its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. The nation that keeps faith, you will keep in perfect peace. Him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you make the way of the righteous smooth. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) This song sucks! (laughs) But your strumming was lovely. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I hope uh, I hope that wasn't too distracting for anybody. <laughs> Since it was a song, I felt like it needed some kind of like little background diddle. Yeah, a, di- a diddle. A diddle. Okay. A diddle from God. Yep. Boy. All right. Are we ready to continue? Yep. All right. Now we're going to have the commitment of the believers. All right. Ooh, you mean the abused? Sure. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgment comes upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. Though grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and regard not in the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted high, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume them. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone do we honor. Mm. Now, I think this part is interesting, and this is Isaiah 26, 12 and 13, is that they talk about how God establishes peace for them. And that may be so for the remnant. But, I mean, we described how the earth would be destroyed and nearly all of the people burned up. Mm -hmm. And this is not the first time that this God has you know, gotten hard off mass genocide. Right. So like this established peace for us seems odd to me. It doesn't seem in character with the Yahweh that we know. Right. Well, I don't know. I could see an argument for it being part of his character because I mean, pretty much his message throughout the old Testament has been, Hey, unless you suck my dick every single day for everything, then you're going to be fucked. And so if you put it in that kind of context, but you know, the either you get fucked by God or you're not getting fucked by God, then, you know, it seems like the not getting fucked by God is paradise. Well, you know, besides the dick sucking. Well, so, but here's the thing is in the same light that you're saying the Lord will establish peace for them because they worship him. Mm-hmm. He also establishes destruction for them mm-hmm. if they don't. Right. So like where they say all that we have accomplished, you have done for us. I mean, honey, it's really just our choice. Either right. we get destroyed and like fucked up yeah, or we live in paradise. It's an easy choice. Well, and you know, what's interesting is we're sitting here <laughs> kind of mocking it, but that's kind of how, um, I mean, that is how Christianity is today. Yeah. Too. I mean, a lot, especially evangelicals, most especially evangelicals, because they live in this world of fear, fear God and do what he says or else you'll go to hell, right? Mm-hmm. Hellfire and brimstone and do what he says and you'll end up in heaven. So, I mean, this this same dichotomy is still prevalent in Christian in religion, in Christianity, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, your name alone, we do honor. So, for Jew, for Jewish people, this is where they recognize other lords besides you have ruled over us. So they're saying we understand there are other lords, right? Uh-huh. But your name alone do we honor. So they commit to only honoring him. 
right. only worshiping him. Right. So this is the henotheistic portion because mm-hmm. Judaism isn't technically a monotheistic religion. It's technically henotheistic because the up until Christianity, Judaism uh, acknowledged that these other gods existed out there. It's just that they were the ones worshiping the um, uh, Yahweh God. And so, since they were worshiping the Yahweh God, they were worshiping one God as supreme above all other gods, mm-hmm. right? This also, th- this kind of is is just a slight restriction from polytheism, and that's one of the characteristics of Christianity. One of the uh, Hellenistic ver- uh, uh, characteristics of Christianity is the shift to monotheism. That these, and it's just a slight change. Again, just like between polytheism and henotheism, the slight change between henotheism and uh, monotheism is uh, that the all the other lords now that they're talking about just become like other divine beings, and so now they're just other divine beings, right? So, and and there's only one technical god. But there's these other divine beings like angels, demons, and uh, sure. all that other stuff. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I mean. That's but they the, don't acknowledge any other gods. They do well. Yeah. They they don't acknowledge them or worship them. But they but I mean they do acknowledge that these other lords or these other not Christians. No, 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 not Christians. Yeah, so I was talking I about was, Judaism. Yeah, I was following on what you were saying. Right. That there, there's there aren't other gods. There are other divine beings in Christianity, but right. there are no other gods. Yeah, with the exception in the New Testament, I don't know if you know this, but even Paul calls Satan the Lord of the Air. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of um, there's still a little bit of uh, of a remnant of that kind well, sure, of. Sure, I mean back then because that was the very beginning. So you still have very strong Jewish um, culture. Yeah. You know, because you have your first Christians are Jewish Christians. They're Jewish people who have been raised on Jewish scripture Mm -hmm. and they still i mean as today christianity retains jewish scripture yeah and so did they it was just it was just a stronger connection to the jewish part and the stuff that a lot of christians kind of dismiss now in regards to like sacrificing and the different feasts and all those kind of things they have feasts plenty christians have plenty of feasts especially catholics holy shit but like they're different right yeah they are now dead they live no more those departed spirits do not rise. You punished them and brought them to ruin. You wiped out all memory of them. You have enlarged the nation, O Lord. You have enlarged the nation. You have gained glory for yourself. You have extended all the borders of the land. Lord, they came to you in their distress. When you disciplined them, they could barely whisper a prayer. As a woman with child and about to give birth rides and cries out in her pain... So were we in your presence, O Lord. We were with child. We writhed in pain, but we gave birth to wind. (laughs) That's that farting in unison. (laughs) We have not brought the salvation to the earth. We have not given birth to people of this world. But your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. So this is basically the zombie apocalypse well, that apparently is going to be coming about due to God? I mean, yes, but no. This is <laughs> this is essentially the 
foretelling. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say the promise because like promise means something specific in the Bible here, but this is the foretelling of, um, how the faithful of the Lord, the people of God, people who are faithful will essentially resurrect, right? Mm -hmm. Not really, they're not their literal bodies. I mean, it says their bodies will rise. Um, you who dwell in the dust. So people who are buried in the ground, the mm -hmm. earth will give birth to her dead. So, I mean, this, if you take it literally, it's literally saying zombie apocalypse, the dead will rise. Oh, does it, and it says her dead? Yes, the earth will give birth to her dead. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, personifying the earth as a woman, as like a uh, mother type woman, because that's mm -hmm. one of the things um, that is said about Paul whenever he talks about uh, the resurrection bodies, which is weird that this this right here is also referring to uh, the earth as a mother, because it talks about how um, uh, th there's this one particular part where uh, Paul is ambiguously talking about uh, Jesus being birthed by a woman, basically, mm -hmm. and how that's evidence that he existed. But I think that this is um, pretty supportive of the idea that Paul was talking allegorically in that the the earth is is the mother from whence uh, from which all of our resurrection bodies are birthed, just like Adam mm -hmm. and just like Jesus's body mm -hmm. and everything like that. So I mean, yeah, that's uh, I would say that that's clearly a reference or a foretelling or whatever to the promise of Jesus to resurrect you know, the, those that believe in him mm -hmm. in new resurrected bodies. Yes. Yes. Even though they don't specifically say new resurrected, but like they don't say resurrected bodies, like, like celestial kind of. Well, yeah. Well, the, the whole, the birth kind of, kind of gives you a sense of that they're, they're new mm -hmm. bodies or they're being. Oh, reborn. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So it continues, um, and this is a warning. This is a warning to the people, okay, to the remnant. Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will disclose the bloodshed upon her. She will conceal her slain no longer. In that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. Does that mean he's going to fuck it? No, he's going <laughs> to kill it. And is the Leviathan what he's calling his dick now? I think the Leviathan is what he's calling his sword. I still, my question still stands. <laughs> See, a king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Each man will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Yeah, so this particular part is identified as a uh, prophecy uh, about an aspect of Jesus. Uh, let's well, see. it does say a king will reign in righteousness, right? Uh -huh. So you've got that, but there, this is a different translation as, as we've said many times before, um, this, the daily Bible, the book that we're reading out of is chronologic, um, 
it's the Bible in chronological order, supposedly, right? Yeah. Um, and it's based off of the New International Version. So, in the King, King James Version, the wording is slightly different. In the New International Version, it says, each man will be like a shelter from the wind. Right. And in the King James Version, it says, and a man shall be as a as a hiding place from the wind and a con a covert from the tempest. Right. So the, in the, in the King James version, um, it, it seems like they're talking about a singular man mm -hmm. and how he's going to be a refuge. And that's, that's pretty much um, what Jesus is supposed to be mm -hmm. uh, in the new Testament. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and in this one it says each man. So the translation is slightly different, but it does say a king will reign in righteousness. And I do believe that that, even though they don't actually list that here, a king will reign in righteousness. Right. Yeah. Because it says it's, and rulers will rule with justice. So to me, they're separating out like the kings of the land. The kings of the land would be the rulers that rule with justice. Mm -hmm. But a king will reign in righteousness, a king, a single king. I right. feel I feel like that is that would be Jesus, right? right? Okay. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed and the ears of those who hear will listen. The mind of the rash will know and understand and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. No longer will the fool be called noble, nor the scoundrel be highly respected. For the fool speaks folly, his mind busy with evil. He practices ungodliness and spreads error concerning the Lord. The hungry he leaves empty and the thirsty and from the thirsty he withholds water. The scoundrel's methods are wicked. He makes up evil schemes to destroy the poor with lies, even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. I think that's a really interesting passage right there. Yeah. It's Isaiah 32, 3 through 8. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen and the, the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you, but only a few of you. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf be unstopped. They Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. I think this part's interesting too, because um, Jesus does miracles related to some of this. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. And thirsty ground, bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get upon it. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow 
and sighing will flee away. Right. So the Isaiah 35, five through six is where you were talking about the miracles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is perceived as foretelling of his ministry of miracles uh, that the early Jewish Christians interpreted, uh, you know, as, as that needing to be a thing for Jesus. Um, And so that's very much a a prophecy uh, that we see. Um, also, 35.4 apparently is a prophecy that he will come and save you. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine rep- retribution. He will come to save you. Yep. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, you can see that as a reference to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely think that these passages uh, were uh, referenced by the early Christians to know things about Jesus. And I think the end part right here where he's talking about the way of holiness and he and they're talking about how there will be no ferocious beast, no bad people, only the redeemed. There won't be there will be no sorrow, only joy. I feel like this is your ris- your risen life in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like he's they're describing here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all for today. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, next time we're going to continue with Isaiah. We're going to do 28, 29, a little bit of 22. We're going to go back a little bit. Um, 33. Yeah. So that's what we're going to have next time. Mm-hmm. And um, in this, in this section, Isaiah is going to warn against a relapse. Right. So like we heard about last time on the Bible podcast, we had Judah basically being restored to its glory. Right. And so he, Isaiah is, is, you know, has seen this, obviously Isaiah has seen the restoration of Judah, but, and, and thinks it's good, Mm -hmm. but he is warning them against, against going backwards you know, he wants them to continue because he warns them that justice is coming and worship all by itself is meaningless. Like you have to, you, you, there are certain things you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he's he's going to talk about this and explain what's going to happen because he's a, a seer. He is a seer, y'all. <laughs> he sees shit. He yeah. opens his eyes. He's... Yeah. Honey, what? He's woke as fuck. He's woke, yes, because Isaiah is woke, so he's going to explain his wokeness to us in the least douchey way. <laughs> I'm sure it'll have all the douche. Um, so, if you guys want to hear more about Jesus prophecies, uh, then tune in next time. Also, if you want to hear some more shit about Isaiah and his douchiness, uh, you'll have to tune in next week. So, thank you, heathens, for joining us today. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.